0: Welcome. Hi, I'm Chris Hemsworth. No, wait, sorry. I'm Ethan Sachs, writer of Star Wars Bounty Hunters.
1: I'm Adam Christopher, author of Shadow of the Sith.
0: My name is George
2: Mann, and I'm the writer of Star Wars The High Republic.
0: This is Kevin Shinnick, writer of Star Wars Force Collector.
3: I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic.
0: And you are listening. And you're listening.
3: And you are listening. And you're listening. To Star Wars Comics in Canon, the Force is strong with this one.
2: So my friends, we are here for another episode of, well, a Star Wars conversation. This is the first episode of Clone Wars Conversations. We are tackling the full first season of the Clone Wars animated show, the 3D animated one that came out between 2008 and 2009, uh, directed primarily by Dave Filoni and a lot of it written by George Lucas. Uh, which explains quite a lot of elements of this show, including the the chronological order, which I'll get into later because it's a headache of trying to work that out. Um, but we watched the Clone Wars animated movie um, a month or so ago. We obviously watched Rebels Review, we watched Star Wars Rebels and did a whole show on that. And now we're tackling the Clone Wars, which I have seen all the way through twice, I think, um, before. And Megan's only seen once before, but she'll be coming in and out intermittently throughout the series. In this episode, she's only going to be here for the start because she's had a 13-hour workday, so she needs to rest. Um, But I've seen it all once before, or twice before. Dave has seen it once before, but math is new. Math has never seen it. But for this episode only, Megan has actually only seen five or six episodes of this before we did this. Yep. <clears throat> good,
3: good stuff, good stuff. Excuse me.
2: Um, so yeah, we di-
3: skipped a few of season one, didn't we?
2: Yes, so before I ask Dave and Maff what they thought of this, what did you think of season one? And when we first watched The Clone Wars, after how much you disliked the movie when I first showed that to you, <laughs> what did you think of season one this time compared to when you last watched it?
3: Um, I honestly couldn't tell you what I thought of it the first time because I don't really remember.
2: Because I skipped all the Jar Jar bits.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the blah, blah bits. But like... um. Watching it this time round and where I I see it go, the animation is really off-putting at points. Like, well, there's the arc with the Twileks and the Twileks in particular. There's like one Twilek child, and like her face is fucking creepy. <laughs> like the yeah, the animation definitely gets better throughout the series. So it did take me by surprise a little bit because I was like, oh right, okay, I, I forgot that this is where it started. Like obviously it's the same in the in the film, but. You know, like, when I think of Ahsoka, I don't think of, like... Janky.
2: Janky, one. animated <laughs> Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, you think of, like, season seven, like, amazing animation Ahsoka. Yeah. Right, hyper-detailed.
3: But, yeah, I I thought it was alright. There were a couple of episodes that I thought were a bit naff, but as a whole, I didn't really hate any of them.
2: Hmm. Do you... When we first watched it, I, I specifically only cherry-picked episodes from this, because I thought the whole season of this would put you off, because... Um I am Jack's Musings, um, he's seen all of Star Wars Rebels, he's not got through Season 1 of Star Wars Clone Wars. Numerous ones of my friends, back when they cared about Star Wars loosely, they were like, oh, should I watch the Clone Wars? And I'm always like, yes and no? That's why I always recommend Rebels. So I'm like, look, Rebels Season 1, it's pretty good, but you can see where it's going, it gets better, and there's things that grab you. Season 1 of the Clone Wars, I find that if you're not really into Star Wars, you'll just be lost. As in, it will lose you, because you're just watching lots of these episodes, and you're like... What what relevance does this have to anything? Where where does this go? Yeah, there's no real consistency with what when the timeline is. Well, it's not just that, but it's also, there's so many episodes which are completely inconsequential, which I'm sure we'll delve into because there's lots of them. But Dave, what did you think of Clone Wars season one? On your f- well, this is your only rewatch, isn't it? Because you've only seen it once before.
0: Yeah, so. I, and I made the mistake, so I watched this in that period between Christmas and New Year, and so I just thought, right, blast it, so sort of box it off. And then you guys posted in the chat last week, and it's like, oh shit, you know what? I don't remember anything. I mean, literally <laughs> nothing. So I've been slightly binging again to to uh, be consistent with my usual last minute scramble, I guess. Um. I echo what Megan said. I mean, some of the animations really jarring. I mean, that first episode when you have Yoda and he just looks terrible in that ambush (laughs) episode, honestly, really, really bad. And I, I do think a, a lot of the season is kind of easy watching, isn't it? But you get to the end of a few episodes and you're like, yeah, did much happen there of consequence? Not, Not really. So I thought, yeah, on rewatch, it was easy watching. The other thing I'd say is you do almost, even though everything's kind of in continuity, the characters are different from their real life personas, aren't they? Like Anakin, for me, is so much uh, more likable and relatable in this one. Whereas in the films, he's just like, Well, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, he's, me a whiny, master. he's a whiny little yeah. bitch. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> is. And Obi-Wan's a bit more sort of cheeky, isn't he? You know, sassy. The, yeah, he's yeah, I love sassy, sassy everyone. Yeah. I, love <laughs> sassy everyone. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that word, but now that you said it, yeah, sassy probably is uh is that. And although I, I wasn't impressed with him, he said uh, at one point, like, where they think they've lost R2, and he's like, Ah, oh, droids are Dime a dozen or something, like hey. <laughs> but um yeah, no, kind of enjoyed it. But you know, it, I think for me, this season is one for the, for the completionists. You know, it, it's not really mandatory watching at all. No, I think there's
2: only really six to eight episodes that I'd say you have to watch um or have to in air quotes. To be honest, you could skip, in my opinion, this entire season. Bar three episodes, and it it would make a difference. Which so goes, um, I'm
0: curious, which ones do you think are the are the well, ones that should be watched?
2: That is going to be a topic of discussion.
0: <laughs> okay, okay,
2: slightly later, <laughs>
0: um, because we're going to go
2: through each, loosely each of the episodes. Um, but we'll go for our top episodes and those sort of things. Then we get into the minutiae. I'll let I'll release Megan from her chains. Uh, but Math, fresh-faced young Math. <laughs> uh what in the realm of star wars uh what did did you think of this whole season how do you think compared to the movie and as you're kind of you're in the star wars phase that i think i was in about a decade ago where i was like oh there's all these cool things all these comics i'm reading that are great and i'm getting into this new content and stuff rather than me i'm like an old man like i've consumed it all
1: (laughs) i I think that's where i'm quite lucky the fact that I'm coming in and I'm still into the Star Wars hype at the moment. I, I, I'm wanting a bit more of it. And this is this is kind of working for me. And considering a, a lot of what I've read is this is one of the worst ones and it gets better as it goes along. By far. I, I still really enjoyed it. The animation, I will agree. In in Rebels, they seem like the faces were kind of stretched up a bit. In this, it's all blocking. Hmm. And that... And, it's just every now and again, it's like Ahsoka looks. She looks like out of Minecraft. Yeah, that.
3: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, g- I
1: agree. Yeah. And it, I mean, Anakin still has that kind of chiseled jaw, and but Ahsoka looks like she's out of place at times. Um, and I I get it. She's a young Padwin, so she's she's a young girl at this point. But I don't know, she seems out of place compared to everybody else at times. I do like her. I think she's got a very good story arc in this. But she does sometimes at points kind of feel a bit out of place. And she looks out of place as well. Now, you have said that the animation gets better as it goes along. But there was just... Every now and again, you were just kind of thinking, oof. It's like, I think, in... In Rebels, there was one of the episodes where the lightsabers just weren't quite right. Um, yeah, they're very thin, aren't they, in Rebels? Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, this, as I say, just every now and again, there were just certain little things you just thought, so much not right then, it kind of pulled you out of what you was enjoying. The one thing that I love every episode, the start of the episode, is the announcer.
2: <laughs> I was taking an impression of that earlier.
1: <laughs> I, I just love it. I just, you know... It's like Obi-Wan is out fighting the separatists and that it it kind of give you a quick update of what's going on. I I, I get the episodes are a bit kind of here's one, here's another one, here's another one. But it fills it in that that couple little lines that the announcer does fills you into it, and then you're straight into the episode and you it doesn't need to follow on to a certain degree. I've enjoyed that bit. Each start of the episode where you can skip you know, the recap, I don't, I, I make sure I listen to it and see what's going on, and then it kind of gets you straight in there. Hmm.
2: That's a good point, yeah, because the announcer is Tom Kane, uh, who also voices Yoda in this series, and he does a lot of other little things, um, but it, it it's one of those things that I found, I don't personally like it very much, because i I only want a recap on a show like Game of Thrones, where there's about a billion things going on, but because this was aired on TV when i first watched it when i was when i caught glimpses of it the beauty of it is because every episode recap it recaps the prior episode if it's in a story arc but if it's not it just tells you kind of loosely what's going on so every episode feels like it may or may not have a prequel to it which I read, that element, I think it was very, very clever. And it is that kind of thing of like, um on the separatist world of da-da-da-da, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi goes across and he fights General Grievous. But what would our heroes do next? And it makes me think of like, World War One or World War Two? Like the announcers over the radio, you know, our boys in b- uh, blue and red going across the ocean to fight the Karmies. I mean, that's the wrong war. Um, but you know, <laughs> <what> I mean <laughs> wrong war you by like, mixing soldier. it up here. Yeah, World War I'm One, the <laughs> war, <laughs> World War Two, Cold War, the with the Vietnam War <laughs> yeah. in the voice of someone from World War One, where the Nazis weren't even about. So, so I in think in Mike, you're
0: thinking about the kind of, I would say, Captain America. Yes. You know, like yes. people go to the cinema and then they see these the boys uh, uh, abroad fighting the good fight. So I think you think in the Second World War.
2: There we go. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, <laughs> far
2: more about history than I do. I know I have a GCSE in it, but I do, I do not know that much about history. Clearly, uh, by mixing my announcements up, but I like that element of things. But the, the series as a whole, uh, Math, as you were saying, like there is Ahsoka does feel a bit out of place, and there are some episodes where I'm like, oh, this this is a very much an Ahsoka episode. This makes a lot of sense. And there's other episodes and I'm like, is she even in it? And then she'll just pop up and you're like, whoa. It, it It's almost, it makes me think of the office meme with uh, Dwight when he's in the arcade and Angela's behind him. And he's like, oh <laughs> fuck. It's just like, what if she, at times feels shoehorned in and other times not. And this is really a season that it really feels like this encapsulates, this season for me at least, a lot of the issues with the prequels, which again, it, it builds off the prequels, but it's just like, You get one episode and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then you get another episode you go, God, that's actually really clever social commentary, deep elements, characters. And then the next episode is just crap again. And you're like, what is this? So I want to ask you, Megan, with this, Mm. were there any standout episodes for you? They just all blend into one. I assumed it would be the Kit Fisto one.
3: What happens in it? The, the <laughs> thing is that I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. You just <laughs> like his stop. you
2: just like his sweet I just Jamaican like, accent.
3: I, well, I mean, I liked Kit Fisto before I even heard he had a voice. Like I've, I i do not know why. I've always just had that like smile,
2: that smile, and attack that of the cheeky clones. little smile.
3: Little I've smile. always just had an affiliation with Kit Fisto. I just, yeah. I've always really liked him.
2: Yeah, and there's more of Kit Fisto to come. Yeah,
3: um, I don't really remember what happens in that episode. It's, if I'm being completely honest, so
2: it's, it's my personal favorite episode, and I think it's the best standalone episode or um, amidst the best standalone episodes in the entire of the Clone Wars series, Lair of Grievous, is when he goes to Grievous' lair and they see all the statues of Grievous before he got, like, cybernetically changed. Oh, yeah,
3: and fucking... And he's got What's his... his face. Count Dooku is like set it up so that his droids aren't, um, at, like protecting the lair yeah. thing. Yeah. And then
2: okay. you've got Kit Fistos up prior Padawan, who's a bit too foolhardy. And then he just
3: gets oh, shit, yeah, that decimated
2: was a... by Grief. So you're like, yeah. this is a kid's show. Yeah,
3: no, that's a good episode. <laughs> that's, yeah, I enjoyed that episode. I will say, I didn't realize how fucking brutal it was from the start. Mm. Like, it is a kid's episode and subtitles, because we watch it with subtitles sometimes. On one of them the other day, I'm pretty sure it said Break's Neck.
2: It does, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And I was like, I was like "This is a kids' show. <laughs> like, breaks neck crack. It's like Jesus Christ. All right."
2: Yeah, this and this epi- like this season, has a little snippets of it, and then you get to season sort of four, or five. Every episode, you're like, "How is this? Is like a twelve a, but there's just no blood, so they get away with it all." Um, but were there any were there any highlights or lowlights for you for this uh, this season? I know it all kind of blends into one.
3: It does all blend into one. I don't really remember them. There were a couple of NAF episodes, but I don't really remember
2: what ones they were. That's fine. That's um, fine. They but do... I did
3: like the Kit Fisto one, uh, and I liked the Darth Binkers one, even though it's a lot of Jar Jar.
2: Bombad Jedi. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll delve into that and ask these two of their thoughts on their favourite episodes as well. But Jar Jar in this, do you find Jar Jar in the Clone Wars because he does pop up again yay um, I think he almost pops up every season <laughs> annoyingly um, but what do, do you think Jar Jar's more or less annoying in this because he's still voiced by Ahmed Best as well so so
3: the oh god that was a weird noise
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to be a little monster in, in, clone, in Clone Wars
3: yep yep um, the yeah so I was like is that the same voice actor and Mike was like yeah and I was like he sounds he does sound a bit different in the series than he did in the movie um I don't know he's just still incompetent isn't he like when he's in attack of the clones he's suddenly become like a he, he's a of senator he's he can... no I know it's attack Yeah, yeah but in attack of the clones he seems much more serious and that he's like grown up a bit and then in this he's like still everyone's He's just nuts. Like, there's one thing that did make me laugh in that episode is where they were like, "Yes, you've been rewarded with extra special training, yay!" And then Rex is like, "I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not training him." And I'm like, "Yeah, because he's incompetent. Everything that he does is like by accident. Ev- everything that he does that is good is completely by accident. And mostly
2: he doesn't spoil his the he's... force.
3: Well, well yeah." The-
2: Darth Jar Jar, it's, see, it's Darth, but it it's Darth the, Binkus. It's the dark side. He does put the hood up.
3: This is true. Mm. And he did look like the guy who who cosplayed
2: as him he, yeah. yeah. That's we where it that kind Wars of, Celebration. That image people have manipulated on the internet a lot to make a Darth Jar Jar, Darth Binkus. Um,
3: do I think he's more or less annoying than in Phantom Menace?
2: I honestly couldn't tell you. He's probably equally as irritating. Okay, we'll, we'll go on this Jar Jar tangent then before we get into favourite episodes. Um, so, Math, what did you think of Jar Jar in
1: this? I, I don't think he's, but I think we do kind of get episodes of him, so he kind of stuck with him for that episode, but I think they've toned him down a little bit. But he still has that... He has that incompetence of where... It, it's like, it, it annoyed me when Ahsoka was in the one where they... In the tunnels under Naboo, and it's mm. all poison gas. Yeah. Mm. And ah- Ahsoka's taking out one of the roller droids, um, and he shoots, and it's like, why would he do that? why would you shoot where she is? And that it's not like, oops, and he he chose to shoot there. So maybe that's that's probably why a lot of people said about the Darth Winkers, because he does do things that doesn't make sense.
3: And he's the only one that's got a suit on at the end. He's the only one that's, like, left with, like, a life reserve. Yeah, (laughs) the poison gas one. The 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 poison gas. He's the only one that's got a a coat on. Like, everyone else is dying, and he's just like, yeah, all right, I'm Jar Jar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's your point. Give me that, you get. Um, (laughs) But I I don't know. He's one of them characters that you kind of love to hate to a certain degree. I, I don't think he's as bad. I don't. I don't feel he's as annoying, but again, although you have an episode of him, they're only twenty minutes long, so it's like done and dusted fairly quickly, and then you move on to something else. You know, you see Ventress or something like that, which is a lot, lot better. Mm. So, little bits kind of sprinkled in there now and again, I can deal with, and that I think if if it was a, a let's do a Jaja movie, you no. Know, <laughs> I'm lo- I love Star Wars, but do you know what Dave Filoni? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Dave Filoni,
2: Dave, uh, what did you uh, think of Jar Jar? I know you're the biggest Jar Jar fan in comics and motion. So,
0: <laughs> well, I did I did let you have a peek in my notes before, and I just put in the episode he was on. Fuck Jar Jar Binks. Honestly, <laughs> I I I mean, Matt says uh, you love to hate him. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I just fucking hate him. <laughs> there's no. <laughs> there's no love about it. I don't think. I just. I, and you know what? He shows up in the episode. I'm like, oh yeah, fucking hell. And then there's a moment where they're playing with us, because I. I I agree. I'm sure we've discussed it a few times there. There was probably a bigger role for him. And then just because everyone was just, oh, my God, what is this going on about? (laughs) Then Attack of the Clones, he was toned right down and probably written out of some bits. But in this episode, you know, he, he kind of falls over the side and you get C-3PO. It's like, oh, no, Jar Jar's dead. And I'm like, fucking yes. Oh, wait, <laughs> no, he can't. That can't be right. Uh, yeah, and he shows up. And I thought, oh, you bastard, Filoni. You you have done that just to fuck with people like me who can't stand him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, he's kind of there for a bit. And then he goes, So I'm, I kind of just grit my teeth through the episodes he's in, to be honest.
1: Yeah, like, and- can I because- ask who who do you find more annoying? Now I, I know Dave's going to say Jar Jar's straight away, but Jar Jar or C three PO? Because I find C three PO more annoying than what I do with Jar Jar. To be fair, depends on the film.
0: C-3PO is just a bit fruity though, isn't he? You know, he's sort of a fruity waiter type of thing. I I think he's all right. And I've kind of grown up with C-3PO and he's just, just a bit of a pompous tool, isn't he? You know, and he is a bit annoying, but yeah, I I can get him. I I can get C-3PO because you do get pompous fools like that, don't you? You don't get people it, like Jar Jar Binks in everyday life.
1: But, well, you've been to Yorkshire. And that, it, it's, I don't know. I I prefer episodes with Jar Jar to CTPO. I feel that, I feel CTPO is forced in there, whereas Jar Jar, though he's annoying, he kind of fits the story more. Whereas, again, CTPO just feels like he's, we we need him in this series, so we need to put him in here. Like, is a cameo? It, yeah, and it, it just yeah. it doesn't feel like he he should be there.
2: What do you think, Megan?
1: Because
2: obviously, R two is one of your favorite characters, but um, a lot of the time, R two is balanced by three PO. So, what do you do? You find three PO annoying, or what's your kind I of? I think
3: three POs mean. <laughs> He is mean. He's really mean to. He's really mean to R two, um and R two like does loads of stuff to help him. But R two. But R two is, is also mean to through here. I I I think Jar Jar is is far more annoying than three PO. But I I think that like arguably like three PO is is programmed that way. He can't help it. Like. And program that, that for his, Not destruction. Yeah, he's he's program that's his programming. He's <laughs> what is he? he I can communicate in over six million languages. Yeah, He's a
2: protocol droid.
3: Um so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would I prefer 3PO to Jar Jar, but I I don't hate Jar Jar.
2: I think 3PO 3PO does get annoying and he's mean uh, to people. He's quite vindictive to R2 at times. Mm. He he's the kind of thing where it's like R2 does something mean, so he wants to do something mean back, which is quite awful. And Jar Jar's just like IQ of minus 5 he's the problem I find with Jar Jar in a lot of these episodes is that there's an episode with Padme I think it it might have been Bomb Bad Jedi and they basically solved the problem within like 4 minutes of the episode but then Jar Jar like trips and falls on something and destroys their ship and then it makes the rest and you're just like for me, Jar Jar is essentially, here's a really simple premise, and we're going to get a fucking idiot to get in there. Well, he's just press used four as a, buttons. he's like an obstacle, isn't he? Yeah, but except everyone like, we're well not, repeatedly, people don't <laughs> like him. Yeah, any mission he goes on, he seems to mess up four out of five things, and then right at the end, he'll kind of come through surprisingly. And every,
3: only because he makes a mistake, he makes another mistake.
2: Yeah, he, he trips and falls
3: Well it's the same as in The Phantom Menace he trips and falls and makes all of those like fucking blue orb things like bounce off shit Mm. and then in this one he does the same he like he obviously shoots the gun and that makes everything bad but then he also like like trips over or something and then resolves like resolves the day and it's just like you didn't fucking do anything you're the root of all of our problems
2: I (laughs) I think also Jar Jar is Jar Jar in in Phantom Menace excluding Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith where he doesn't really do much apart from grant Palpatine Emergency Powers in the second one he's basically just the same in the Clone Wars and Phantom Menace whereas 3PO changes a lot Mm. because 3PO in the original trilogy he's mean but he he balances with R2 and he's quite a good way into the story like R2 and 3PO is kind of your your actual entrance into Star Wars after the hallway scene with Vader where and then original trilogy prequel trilogy and sequel trilogy 3 POs are basically three almost different people because prequel trilogy 3PO is not only boring but he sucks Whereas original trilogy is kind of... His dynamic of R2 is great. And then the sequel trilogy, he has the least to do. But in the sequel trilogy, the, he's probably the best. Which is weird. I think the best 3PO is the Rise of Skywalker 3PO. Even though the plot around him's is crap. The humour that Anthony Daniels does. Like, you know... oh guess you didn't recognise me because of the red arm. Like I know that script, but it's like you know when th- when ha- ha- uh, Han Solo and Leia see each other for the first time, and then you just see three P's face. Like hello, <laughs> hello. I don't understand social conventions. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and in Rise of Skywalker, when they all flew through that sand pit, and there's Finn, Ray, are we okay? And three P's like I- I'm okay. No one asked, but I'm okay. And it's j- so it's weird with three P. I-, I-, I do like him, but it's kind of who's writing him. He's one of those characters, I think.
1: I think I think as well. Like you said, I'm getting into the the comments as well. I'm seeing different droids, and there's so many better ones. It's like we, yes. you know, Chopper from Rebels is is fantastic. I'd, I'd love to see Chopper and Ito together. I mean, I comic know, for that. I'm sure is also da,
2: me. Dark Droids, uh, Dark Droids crossover event, the D
1: Squad miniseries. Right, where... I'm gonna have to have a look at that one because I, I, I just, yeah. the, I mean, off it's subtitled because. Who knows what they're fucking saying? Um, but I, I just... There's so many better droids out there. And I just... Like you say, I think it is that c just kind of... He likes to put people down sometimes. And I think that's what has always kind of turned me off a little bit hmm. about him. The fact that he... He just seems to kind of be quite negative on people. And it's like, oh, come on. And like, surely... Surely Anakin could have programmed you a little bit
2: better than this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to check. I'm just checking with you, Megan. How are you doing? I'm tired. You're tired. I'm flying. You want to tap out? You bit, you've been here for half an hour. <laughs> you've had a 13-hour workday. Do you want to tap out?
3: Yeah, but is there anything else that you want
2: to ask No, I, I was going to ask them for their favourite episodes, and then after that I was going to kind of go through the episodes. So if there's is there anything else you want to add for Season 1? Or is there anything you want to tease Math with? with what you're excited for going forward.
3: I'm not going to tease anything because I don't want to run the risk of producing a spoiler, mm. but it gets so fucking good. Like, I... Is it in the next series? <laughs> There's one episode that makes me really sad.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, it's, I think it's... Is that ne- in the next series? I think it is.
3: No.
2: That episode is horrendous. I, I may cry at that one. I had to hold back tears the first time I watched it, but... how? It? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it,
3: it's, yeah, it's... It will touch Yeah, it's... It, I can't really say it. I don't want to spoil it, no, but it's it, it's an episode. It. It's a very emotional episode for yeah. like many many different things, and I'm like,
1: mm. it, yeah. it's amusing that you know, like in Rebels, obviously there there is one major episode that really my oh boy. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> even thinking about it, it is like, oh, I can't believe you did that to me. You know, that, that's more upsetting than some of the stuff that's happening in Star Wars. You know, that hit me more than anything else.
3: Oh, it's not anything so, quite as major as that, I, I w- but it is, yeah.
2: There's two, uh, I w- there's two big events that are... Co- no, three big events that it, happen it, in it, the I
1: Clone mean, Wars. you don't... You don't <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, there are you. three
2: big events in Clone Wars which make me really emotional, mm-hmm. you know, and one of them is not major for the canon, but it's mm-hmm. an insular story that's really, really touching. That's the one Megan's talking about. The other two are like two of the biggest stories in in the whole series so that'll be obvious when we get there um, but yeah next series next series the animation improves a smidge I think but then series 3 it, it legitimately jumps it
3: is really it's interesting. it's like by
2: 5 years almost it's
3: really interesting with the animation actually because I remember because obviously we watched Clone Wars first and then Rebels and I remember watching Rebels after watching the Clone Wars and being like I fucking hate the animation mm. the animation is really weird and now we've gone back to like series 1 of the Clone Wars and I'm like what the hell is this
2: animation well one quick question then for you before you dart off: mm. Do you think season one of Rebels or season one of Clone Wars is better? Like if you would, if you'd recommend oh, well, someone... season
3: one of Rebels is better than season one of Clone Wars, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay,
2: yeah. yeah I, I agree personally, and ask these these guys as well. But um, did you want to tap out now before we go into anything further? Tap 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 tap, and then we'll get you back. For, at the very least we'll try and get you back for half an hour 20 minutes in each episode each I, thought
3: go, I thought you were going to say later on I was like no no, I'm no, gonna no, be no asleep.
2: you're, you're going to go to bed <laughs> I'm going to bed no, <laughs> on, we'll have to get you in for season 3 because the, the premiere of that's got Kit Fisto in it so love I love to. Fisto. you love Kit I'm Fisto
3: I'm happy to do all of them it's just unfortunate that I forgot that this was options evening and this was booked so yeah, it's, yeah, it's my fine. bad
2: it's, it's not a problem okay Duckley well I bid you adieu goodbye no Bye. can't give you any affection goodbye it's everyone
3: I mean it's going to be a very like anticlimactic leave because it's going to take me a while to just get out of this chair I'll edit I'll fast forward
2: it so it looks like she's doing it really oh quickly. my gosh I've disappeared <laughs> is the the blo- it, oh the
3: bloody blanket
2: yeah it is the most narrow <laughs> is, there's books here and there's a Jar Jar head up there so if you, if you hit the bookshelf
1: Jar Jar will crush it you have to take the headphones I off I know I have to enough.
2: take the headphones off
1: <laughs> Just take it them would like be quite there. amusing if the Jar Jar head just falls down now <laughs> and to it, it's honestly absolutely Massive. Yeah, it's pretty there it is.
3: There was um yeah. there's a kid who ah, that's not in my tutor group anymore because they've gone to a different school, but he was talking to me about Star Wars and he was like, Yeah, I love Star Wars. Like, no one likes Star Wars more than me, and I was like, You want to fucking bet. <laughs> I like showed him that picture of that Jar Jar head and he was like, What the hell is that? And I was like, Yeah, right, you still think you're the biggest Star Wars fan, do you?
2: <laughs> well you also get quizzed on it, don't they? Like, do you know who this character is? And you go, Yes, it's from this. Do you know who this character is? Yes from this. And then you're like, Do you know this character? Is? They're like, No, and you're like, There you go, punk.
3: Well, I've also been, like, I do parents evening in here and there's been a couple of times where I've had, like, big Star Wars fans be like, Miss, look at my Boba Fett! And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your Boba Fett, but thank you for showing me. (laughs) 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 I've got enough Star Wars stuff in my house. right, bye! (laughs) Bye.
2: Thank you so much, Megan. I hugely appreciate you for dipping in. You can
3: take the good chair back.
2: I can take the good chair back, but I'm not going to because this one is playing ball for once, uh, which is surprising. And then there was one. Even the Megan's actually in the background. Can you take your your half drink oh, off? Then I can't take this. <laughs> Thank you, my love. Bye. Um See you later. Right, uh, Dave. Uh, favorite episode um, or favorite episodes, uh, and then I'll go to math for that, and then we'll kind of loosely go through them.
0: So I do agree. the The layer of grievous one is pretty good, and I think the creepiness to it. I think it was really good and the fact that you get the cocky little Padawan. You know, he gets taken out. Um, And even the one after that where Dooku gets captured, and you kind of get the reverse, don't you, of Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones. So that was kind of cool. But, you know, weirdly, I really like Rookies. That was my second
2: favorite.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get rated that highly, but... For me, one of the great things that I love about the the Clone Wars is exploring the whole idea of the clones and the fact that you've got these, you know, they're basically human beings, aren't they? But they just happen to be grown from the same DNA, but they've all got their own different personalities, and so seeing those interactions, you and you get introduced to Rex and Fives and Echo, you know, and so you. And, and, you know, see, meet more of them later. But I, I really like that one, I think. Uh, that that was the one that stood out for me. Mm. When I get people to watch this...
2: Actually, no, I'll go to Math first. So, Math, your favourite uh, episode, or episodes, if there's ours. Uh,
1: my favourite is Trespass.
2: Okay, so the... Oh, yes, yeah, so on the planet of... Uh, on the moon of Pantora, where they yeah. go, and it's like the... the relate, trying to speak it to someone. towels.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a very interesting. That, what would what, you like I, that? I don't know. I, I just like the fact that Obi Wan and Anakin are, are kind of side characters. They're there, and they kind of keep saying, "Look, we're here." And it's the same with the clone troopers. There. They're there, but they're kind of in the background. And it's between um, is it Chicho and Um, it's Ch- Senator uh, Churchy. Churchy, and no, no, that's that's the girl. They get oh. To the Oh. Ba- um, Oh, the Tars, the, like, uh, the guard... Do you mean the chairman or the... The chairman. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, I just like the fact that he he was very much kind of, you know... In a way, it's a bit like when the Americans kind of went in and to take over the Native American, uh, The Yeah. I want to try to be as politically correct as I can be there, but... The Native people. Yes. It, it, it was very much kind of, well, we're here now. This is ours. And it's like, well, no, there's... There's someone else who lives here. You've got to take them into account. And Ryo, Ryo, is it Ryo? Um, she's very much kind of, well, I want to do the right thing, but he's in charge. And she was kind of put in a position where she had to kind of take control. But I just like the f- fact that there, there was, I mean, we've got C3PO in there as well, haven't we? So, um, But when they were just trying to communicate, it was very kind of, they were so limited, but they were able to talk an awful lot. Um, It was just that relationship between them both, and seeing how they were going to kind of come together, and you could see this destructive arc that the chairman was going down, and the fact that all the clone troopers are trying to protect him, but try not to do anything, and it was just that fine line of politics that they kind of have there, and that until the point where, I mean, he ends up getting killed, and he's like, Avenge me. And then she was left in that predicament of, Right, what do you want to do now? And she chooses the right thing to kind of look, let's bring peace together, let's do this. But it just, you know, one of those episodes that kind of came in, and I didn't expect it. And it just kind of made you think, There's a lot more to this, you know, that they can sprinkle little episodes like that in here that make you kind of think of, Oh, we could all be a lot better about ourselves treating other people. You see Star Wars, you see all these different races, all these different species kind of together and that, but you don't really get the kind of, you know, racism kind of thing there. And they did it in here and they kind of, I think they did it really well. I really enjoyed that one.
2: That's a very interesting episode actually, because that's not one that springs to mind for me, but interestingly enough, what I'll say about that episode is, the themes in which you like about this episode do get delved into more. Like, I feel like almost every episode of this, like there's the um, the two episodes, which is Downfall of a Droid and Jewel of the Droids, where it's got like the, the bad droid Goldie and things, obviously, which is your your background math for anyone who's watching on video. Almost every episode or arc in this season, just looking at them, essentially, you if you spread them apart, apart and genre them, Every element that's kind of tackled in each of these arcs is essentially something that gets expanded in a later season. So what you were speaking about, um, there's a lot of episodes in the future which are about, you know, because this is quite early on in the war. When you get later on, there starts being issues about resources. And what do we do about planets that are trying to be neutral, but they have something that can make us win the war? What does the Republic do? What does the Republic do when they could save a few lives or they could save a shipment of something that could in theory turn the tide of the war and it brings about some very interesting questions and the character of um senator senator uh, chuchi she comes up again she is a she becomes quite an interesting character Uh, she's not far removed from like ahsoka and padme the kind of younger but strong-willed individuals who are just really headstrong and know what they're doing um, but me personally, I'd say Lair of Grievous is my top, Rookies is my second, um and f- when I showed Megan uh, initially, you know, years back, um when I showed her, it was I I showed A Cloak of Darkness, which is the one just before Lair of Grievous, um, then Lair of Grievous, and then I showed and I showed her Rookies and then the finale. That's all I showed her. And I only actually showed her the finale because i knew it connected with something later on uh, not until season three bizarrely so but i'll delve into that right at the end um but yeah for me i wouldn't have put trespass up there but speaking about it and i can remember it quite vividly much more than a lot of the other episodes is is a pretty good shout i'd say um so if you are both willing we'll go through the episodes somewhat um so first of all let's just the first episode ambush uh with yoda and stuff i thought was cool I like the intro, and I feel like that episode probably would have been better in the movie, um, even if the animation was a bit janky. What did you both think of that? And uh, then we'll go into the malevolence arc. So I'll go to you, Dave, first. What did you think of Ambush?
0: I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Like I say, I found the animation a bit jarring, but it, it's weird doing it on a rewatch because when I watched it the first time, I'd already watched the Clone Wars movie. And as we discussed when we covered the movie, I think the stain that it left on me was the whole stinky stuff, you know? And I, I remembered that quarter out of the the whole movie the most. And so I, I came into this, I, I, it was probably based on a conversation with you, Mike, and then gone like, all right, okay, we'll go into it and I'll, I'll watch it. And actually I thought it was okay. And I guess what i like is not not the subtext but i like the theme i like the fact that it's delving into you know you've got all these neutral kind of planets and then the uh the republic and the separatists are vying for whose side are they going to be on and um, we were talking about history before but you know, you, you look at the world wars in particular, and like alliances, you know, and and certain deals like I'll do this if if you do this, and all those trade offs and things. So I I kind of like the way that was set up there, and and just hinting to that more complex world. Mm, interesting. What do you think, Matt?
1: Um, I I like the fact that you get see Yoda being a bit of a badass, mm. but again, Yoda's. Teaching the clones a valuable lesson of look, you know, you are all individual. You're all, you all, you all came, you know, you all clones. You all were kind of the same, but you all got your own personalities, and you all are good at certain things. So it was like a life lesson for them to move forward. It, it was kind of one of those that I'm not sure it should have been episode one.
3: Mm, Maybe it yeah. should
1: have been further down because it was just like you straight into it, this is Star Wars, which is fine. Uh, It's fine because I'm into Star Wars again. I'm wanting to watch this. But if you was coming in this without any knowledge, you'd be like, "Uh, who's this? That's the only thing with this season has been a little bit like, there's not backstory to really any of the characters. Yeah. I've enjoyed the fact that I thought it was going to be very much kind of Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan now and again. Because, um, obviously, I don't know what's kind of going to be coming. But I like the fact that it, it's not that. It's kind of... You You always hear about all these different Jedis, but never see them. And now I am doing it. I'm seeing Kit Fisher. I'm seeing... Um, what was it? What's the... Klo no, hang on, I've got her written down. is Luminara, um, Luminara, yeah, yeah she, she, she's mentioned in Rebels, isn't she? She, her corpse is she's used in Rebels. From the, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you'd pick up on that. Yeah, her corpse is used to trap Jedi by the Inquisitors. How fucked up is that? <laughs> is she, did she train Kanan? No, uh, Kanan was trained by Depa Bilaba. Right.
1: Do we get to see him? Emperor. Yes and no. Right, okay.
2: Oh, the what <laughs> I have planned for us with this show and subsequent shows, you will get a nice full story of most things that you want. But where Another's they pl- may or may not fall, I dunno. Know. You know, there is also a comic that is actually set between two seasons of the Clone Wars right, course. as well of course there is uh, well there's, there's a whole there's a whole book that's used that's, which I'll delve into when we're in season 7 of the Clone Wars but there's a there's a whole book which is made from unused Clone Wars arcs because Clone Wars f- got cancelled in season 6 so season 6 just kind of stops right and, and and there's no it doesn't connect to anything it just kind of stops and you're like oh and, and then that was it for over a decade and then they release season 7 after Rebels and stuff and it, it finalised certain things but it only finalised like two stories there were still other loose ends
1: um so yeah but i mean that that's what i've enjoyed the fact that we are seeing more of the star wars world we are seeing these other jedis that it's like to be fair general grievous i remember him vaguely from the the film but i I didn't really know anything about him i i actually thought he was a force user as well i thought Mm. it was a bit like like a prototype to, to Vader in a certain degree. That,
2: that's a very popular theory. A lot of people believe that Dooku and Palps used Grievous, the technology
1: to, to turn to Grievous test. into that. To but, but he's not force be... sensitive, is he? He's no. just a normal guy. And that he just decides to take lightsabers as tropes.
2: Yeah his backstory is kind of like it's touched upon in legends. It was a lot more flushed out, but essentially he's a Kalish warrior, which is the species he is. Um, and he was like the greatest warrior of his planet. And then a Jedi, and he was like causing basically genocide to this insect beings on his planet. And he was killing all of them. And then some Jedi got intervened, completely stopped him, destroyed him in battle. And then he was like, the force is basically cheating. So I'm going to cheat as well. And that's why in the, in the episode, Lear of Grievous, when he's been changed and his droid who's repairing him says, I don't know why you chose these changes. And he's like, they're improvements. And, he, and the droid's like, um, are they though?
1: And so it's quite complex there. Yeah, but um, it's quite cool the fact that he kind of spider climbs across things and he, he he's able to put himself in different positions, different ways out.
2: yeah. Um, it's quite a lot of body horror stuff of that. Well, mm. if we jump over um, that, if we go to the kind of the, the Grievous arc, so that's Bombad Jedi with Evon's favourite. There's Cloak of Darkness, which is when Luminara, Unduli, and Ahsoka are trying to transport Newt Gumray and then Ventress attacks and stuff. And then there's a a guard who betrays the Republic who's voiced by James Masters, who's who's spiking Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is really cool. I was like, I recognise that, that uh, voice. Um, and then... Uh, Lair of Grievous, obviously the body horror-esque one. So, Dave, did you want to talk a little bit about those kind of three episodes together, if there's anything that stood out for you or anything loosely to what we've just been talking about?
0: I, I don't know if I could group them. What, what, what I will say, right, is something that we touched on a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but I just want to underline it a bit. It. This whole season is so full of this pendulum swing between being a a really kiddie after-school cartoon and having some really deep adult themes, you know? So you've got the, there was one episode and I can't remember which one it was. I think it was early in the season, but they've got some of the clones captured and you know the droids are like, "Hey, what should we do with that?" Whoa! And then they end up just jettisoning them, the the clones out into space to die. Yeah, that that's <laughs> the first arc. That's the malevolent yeah.
2: arc. Yeah, that is her- that. When I watched that, I was like, "This is." I forgot about this part. You watching like a, yeah. a corpse just floating space.
0: Yeah, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like, what are you actually trying to do? I mean, that was heart-wrenching you know that that was horrible wasn't it uh you know so i i just i think it's finding its feet very much in this season uh, and uh, i guess you you can't get away from the droids and kind of what they were in phantom menace so you just continue in that but you can tell that uh, you know they're wanting to tell this much darker story And I think with what they've got, with the, uh, like, say, you're trying to get planets on side and, you know, you're making these tactical moves, you know, the closest I'll ever come to is playing Risk, you know, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, and then, like, say, in the, in the, um, what was the episode, Rookies you know, you start to look at just more characters, more people and their interactions as well, as opposed to this macro war that's going on and strategic things and what have you. So, yeah, I think, again, even though I say nothing... It's really difficult to go back and say, "Oh yeah, this particular arc, you know, did this," because I I just felt a bit empty at the end of each arc, like none of it really mattered that much. Mm-hmm. I, I the other thing I guess I would say about the the sort of malevolence. Hulk is how does no one pick up on the fact that Anakin and Padme are together? <laughs> I mean, they make it so obvious, you know, oh, it's a Naboo ship. Fucking hell, I best go. <laughs> you know, but, it's just... Yeah, but that's nonsense, the same as
1: how do they not work out that Palpatine, you know, is more than what he, he kind of is claiming to. I mean, um, Padme is held hostage and that it is Mm. And you kind of watching and thinking it's so obvious. Just, just, just kind of open your eyes. So you can see the fact the bad guy is right in front of you, and the door. But that no not fit the narrative. That's
0: why. So it's. I, th- I think the in plain sight thing, though, for some, it's a good challenge. But I, for some reason, I, I can kind of forgive it because he's playing both sides off each other. I mean, he wins no matter what.
1: That's, that's what I was thinking it's like playing chess against yourself or even when when you were little and you had Star Wars figures and you would play and that you're playing both sides so whichever way you want it to go it, you're going to win because if you want the bad guy to win at this point you're still playing it so you're getting the right outcome it's amusing to watch Palpatine kind of do this at the moment of however it goes it works out good for him and it'll either set him off down this path to get to what it wants or it sets him off. You know, it's amusing the fact that he kind of, he's he's like several steps in front of everybody else and whatever kind of comes out, he's already got another plan for that.
0: Mm. I mean, I'm saying he's playing both sides, so he wins no matter what. So, he he doesn't care which side wins, but the more that the the more that it escalates, that's how he wins. So you know, if everyone just agreed or oh, let's shake hands and and uh, trade nicely, you know, well, he doesn't get the power. But it's by inciting fear in people. Creating this divisive culture, you know, demonising other people. You got the separatists, you got the republic, republic, uh, and you got all these planets and stuff with their own uh, agendas in there. If they all played nice, he doesn't get what he wants. Um, and again, I think that's where. Obviously Clone Wars season one didn't create that, but it is expanding on it, on that whole idea that happened with the prequels. And and again, you just look at, at the world now, you know, as opposed to when the prequels came out, you'd have said, Oh yeah, that's kinda like what happened in World War Two, isn't it? Uh, you know, or Germany between nineteen eighteen and, and nineteen thirty-nine or whatever. Now you look at it and you're like yeah, that, that seems to be happening in the world right now. Yeah,
2: Palpatine, I think, in a lot of ways, represents the the powers behind the politicians a lot of the time. You know, there's the argument that, you know, it doesn't matter if in the UK or in America if the Republicans slash the Tories or if the um, Democrats slash Labour are in, party, in power. It doesn't really matter because behind that, the veneer of politics is there's the material uh, the military industrial complex that just it it makes money from being at war so any opportunity and because it's not just a person it's a group you know my the thing i always say to people is like you know there were those missiles that i think it was when we were um fighting in syria and it was something like a missile was like 30,000 Dollars or something per missile or something nuts. And they were saying the amount they were firing, basically, over the course of a couple of weeks would essentially bail the NHS out of all debt. Mm. And the idea is, well, the £30,000, it's like, oh, yeah, we're spending that. It's like, no, no, we're, we're giving that to someone. The, the government is paying someone to make the missile. So the person who wins in war is never the person who's in war, it's whoever's funding it. And that really, that idea develops a lot more there's a whole arc i remember loosely in the future which is all about the banking clan and the banking clan are aligned with the separatists but they also bail out the republic because the bank Mm. of the republic is is liable to the banking clan so you've got a a basically a a galaxy bank that is funding both sides but actually leans more towards the separatists and there's like a Mm. whole arc about that and i'm like that's a really high concept idea for something that's a show that's allegedly aimed at seven-year-olds. Yeah. And you're just like, th- the complexities of this. And I think this is easing people in, but this show really is a show that grows with people. Like, if you think, like, Clone Wars, from seasons one to six, it goes over about six years. So you think that if you start watching this as a seven-year-old, you'd finish it as a 12-year-old, which, you know, that's quite a big difference if you interact with a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old. 12-year-olds actually have real opinions about certain things. But if you think about a 10-year-old, to a 15 year old as well that is the from political like understanding from a 10 year old to a 15 year old is night and day and I I think that this show really works a lot in those things but I think that this whole season of the 22 episodes probably only need about 10, 12 maybe I think there are 12 Mm. episodes in this three of the arcs and then a few like an arc and then an individual episode then an arc then an individual episode
1: if you kind of did it like that I, I I, I think, go ahead I feel that they was trying to see what works. Mm. So, cause it does feel like, so like when I of the books I read to George and it's just a lot of random stories kind of put together and it, it's very much kind of that. Let's throw a load of different kind of story arcs out there, see what works, then go from there and kind of build from that way. So it's good in one sense. Cause like I said, you, you're seeing lots of different aspects of star Wars. But other than when they, you get to the last two episodes, there's no real timeline. It just kind of... Here's another one. It's like Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. That, which, which Mandalorian did that, to be fair. The first season was very much kind of Monster of the Week, kind of, oh, what are we are doing this week? All right, here we go. And it, this is what this one... None of them kind of seem to flow, mm-hmm. but it's kind of to see what works. Yeah. Maybe why further down the line maybe they have a bit more kind of structure to them
2: they do they there are there are arcs that have actual consequence that's like a big especially the later seasons there's things that happen and you can draw a line from that Episode arc to things that happen in like Revenge of the Sith, for example, and there's there's quite a few of those. But I agree, the biggest problem with this series is everything is inconsequential. Like the first arc is the Malevolence arc, that's quite a cool arc. You get Plo Koon in the sec in the first episode of that arc, and Plo Koon's amazing, and he has the iconic line, which is when the clones are like, "We're just meant to be expendable, sir," and he goes, "Not to me," and that links with what how Yoda treats them in the first episode. It's this whole thing that the Jedi treat the clones like people, not just soldiers. And that's one of the key differences there. But, like, that's a cool arc. But you think, what the, the, the separatists have a super weapon that's a super ion cannon that can disable any ship. And it would turn the tide of the war. But it's in episode 2, 3, and 4 of a 22-season arc. And you're like, well, this whole season isn't all going to be about malevolence, surely. And it kind of shoots itself in the foot by being in that way. Um, so there's there's a couple episodes here. Says ambush we talked about, malevolence we've touched on. Uh, is there anything you want to add about rookies, Dave?
0: No, I I think I was just trying to not spoil. Remember <laughs> as well exactly what happened with some of the characters because there's certain
2: episodes that yeah, follow on from
0: rookies as well. Yeah. So I I think yeah I probably won't say anything more about that, but. Yeah. A spoiler <laughs> that. <there? laughs> heavy didn't actually die.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, there's, with rookies, I'll say that in, in an episode in season two and an episode in season three, I put them together become one arc. So it's like mm-hmm. there's this weird flashback arc, but you only get one episode per season. It's really odd. But
1: sorry, Math, go ahead. Yeah, because that, that's one where Heavy, um, the detonator doesn't work, so he stays behind to make sure he kind of takes everybody out. Which, yeah. again, it's another like, one of those where. They are just clones, so you kind of think, well, they're just, you know, we are all kind of the same, but, but they're not. You're starting to see personalities between them all, um, and that bit where kind of heavy is like, shit, I'm going to have to. And you, you can see on his face that I know I have to stay behind to make sure that you are all get out. And it's that ultimate sacrifice, and again, you've only known them for, for you know a short amount of time. But you can't think shit that like, you know like that, that's quite hard hitting, really. And a kids' show, it's kind of like you know that sacrifice that he's given to make sure for the greater good. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's interesting when you can remember because there's certain clones. Like I remember Heavy. If you said name 10 clones, you know, you go Rex, Cody, and then I'd probably say Fives, Echo, and then there's ones later on in the season that come up a bit more. But Heavy was one that when he died in this, I was like, Heavy dies? I, was like, I remember quite, I remember Heavy more. I thought he had a bigger impact, but it's because he's in a couple of flashback episodes. But I thought he was one that lasted a long time, and he dies in like episode five. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, and he's not in any other episodes like of this season. Um, I love I love rookies. As, as Dave said, I think some of the best season, the best standalone episodes in Clone Wars, for the most part, are ones that hyper-focus on the clones. They're really good. Um, yeah. So, uh, just skipping through stuff. So we've got done Cloak of Darkness, Bombad Jedi. Um, there's the Dooku captured arc with Hondo and Onaka, and then there's also Jedi Crash, which is when Anakin is severely injured. Um, and Ayla Secura is there. Who's the only other character in Star Wars who dresses like a <laughs> The only, the only two scantily clad Jedi in the whole Order happen to both be women, um, which is interesting. But with those a two, strange arts, a guy walking
1: around with just like a boot tube on as well. Though to be fair,
2: but the thing is, is that it's not really because if you're in war, you wear clothing to protect yourself against shrapnel blaster bolts and you've got someone's midriff showing it so it doesn't matter if you're male or female you it doesn't matter if you've got you know a six-pack or if you're a bit flabby if you get shot there, it's going to go through you so yeah, it's, but, it's that uh, thing
1: well we've had this for you it's like you know if you play an MMO and that hey, if you're playing a male character or a female character you pick the same armor it looks completely different one's basically just covering nipples that's <laughs> males um, <laughs> but but uh, that's kind of what what people kind of used to. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, and that, we had it with uh, Padme when she kind of oh, scratch. Look, I just got scratched here. Yeah, <laughs> let's show up a little bit in more the flat. sexiest way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just I, well, one of the things that always put me off about. I, I love Resident Evil 2. The uh, the game Mm. but you know the character the female character in there basically got a crop top you know so armless you know shoulderless is that her name yeah i think so yeah yeah Yeah. and like little tiny you know short shorts as well it's like if you're running around where zombies can just give you a little scratch or a little nibble you know why would you expose all your skin i know exactly why they do it but you know I, i can't help I can't separate from the practicalities of it. Whereas, like you say, the guys have got, you know, big jackets on and stuff. It's especially
2: (laughs) when you see Luminara with Ahsoka only a few episodes prior. And Luminara is wearing what you would expect a magic monk to wear. Ayla's I will say, although I I brought it up, Ayla's wearing that because she's she's not in the Clone Wars that much, but she's in Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones as a background character, non-speaking role. And she apologies if you don't remember this math but she dies in order 66 there's she's on felucia and she gets shot in the back by her clones and the wh- what she's wearing in this episode mm. is exactly what she's wearing at the time so well, although she, i'm poking fun it's just because five years earlier three years earlier that's just what she was
1: wearing well, and she's, she's not gonna be dressed character. like a, a twilight dance would Well, Twi'lek, but twilight twilight
2: to clarify both pronunciations are the same and they come from the term twin leku because leku is the the head tails twi'leks in star wars especially in legends they've wound it back a little bit in canon were basically slaves and a lot of the time sex slaves and that came i think from primarily return of the jedi when you see uh the twi'lek dancers so they were kind of you can mate with a twi'lek in canon and legends as in a human could mate with them so it's kind of that thing where it's like hey it's like a it's like a human but exotic and we can like half enslave them even though they're basically the same so there is a lot of baggage uh, Mm. with Twi'Lex to some degree. Um, But um, Dave, with the... um, And then after this, there's only one more sort of chunk to do. But um, So there's the Hondo introduction, and Dooku getting captured, and then the Anakin getting injured plotline. Did either of those speak to you at all? Is there any comments you have on either of those?
0: Yeah, you know, with Hondo, I was trying to think... Because I had watched Rebels first and then came to this, and I was trying to think... I guess this is the first time we've, in canon, we've actually met him. And I I guess when we first meet him, he is a bit more threatening, isn't he? You know, he comes across and he's kind of got Dooku captured. So immediately you're thinking this guy means business. Um, And so it was weird to go back and watch that and see him as this more sort of threatening character. And I found him a bit less annoying as well. You know, I, I think in Rebels, I find him quite annoying. You know, I, I, he's a bit of a dick, and you know, and <laughs> wouldn't trust him as far as you could throw him. But yeah, I think in this, he is suitably threatening, and, and so I enjoyed him a bit more in this one. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I prefer. I think. I think sorry, him in this. Go ahead. I, I think in this, but um, in Rebels, he he seems to have a soft spot for um, Ezra. Ezra? Yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> uh, it, That was kind of like his out in a way. He kind of, whenever Ezra were there, although he was still kind of going back to his old ways, he still always seemed to try and look out for Ezra. And that maybe kind of saw a bit of him in there, I don't know, not like Jimmy Savile. <laughs> um
0: just like small children, <laughs> small boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, except when he opened the, the chest up and uh, his, uh, his little friend was in there. But it, it, yeah, in this, he's a lot more menacing. He's a lot more kind of the badass pirate. I, I, I liked him in this and that because, it, I mean, it took a second. I kind of thought, is that? Because it doesn't say who he is at first. Mm. And I'm thinking, forget- is that Honda? It sounds like it. It looks like him but he's been quite more of a dick than what he normally is. And, that, and then as it goes on, you think, yeah. And I, again, that gymnastics in my brain, I'm kind of like going, is this before, This is before Rebels. That so like 14 actually, to 17 years-ish before yeah. Rebels. So he's a harder kind of, you know, pyro. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. So what he was doing, he kind of, you can see why he was being that way. And and again, if he shows any weakness, all his um his pirate friends it, it will just turn on him. So he he has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I think when we do meet him further down the line with rebels, he's probably mellowed a bit. And again, there's something about Ezra that just seems to kind of soften him more.
2: Yeah, Hondo comes back a lot. Um Hondo's my favorite Um, sort of side character in all animation I adore Hondo I think everything he says is hilarious just when he's got them all locked up and he's just like my friends what are you doing like I told you if you break out I'm gonna have to kill you. I don't want to Hondo doesn't want to kill you I want to make money and let you guys be free but if you cross me again I will and it's that thing where he's he's you get the thugs below him who are like yeah we'll we'll screw Hondo over and we'll kill these people and Hondo's he's he pl- comes off like this kind of thug that's not really there, but he's actually very clever and very calculating. And he is, there's a lot to him. And there's certain uh, antagonists, shall we say, that show up in the season. And when Hondo interacts with the antagonists and the Jedi at the same time, it's a really interesting dynamic. I I, I love characters who are morally grey. They're like my favourite uh, in Star Wars, especially. I like it when you don't know what they're gonna do, and I, I so I absolutely I love um Hondo. So two um so there's the Anakin gets wounded arc, and then there's the the blue shadow virus arc. So um, do either of you have anything to say on either of those? Is is it
1: Doctor Noon or Vindi?
2: You mean it could be? I didn't even write down his name because
1: I was like, he "I do like- Vindi, Nouveau Vindi." Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, um, so he reminded me of like Mister Freeze, kind of. You know, I thought yeah. Batman. I was thinking yeah. Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, and that I just kind of. Nice to
0: see you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they should have got Arnie in there, but it. it I, I quite like that. I, I loved the bit. There was a part where I think Anakin had him, and he's like, "You know, tell me where the antidote is," and he's like. I just destroy things, and it—he it, it kind of that realism, of he—he he just wants to fuck things up, really. He—he he likes the idea, you know, of kind of destroying things and that. And it, it would just—he didn't really care who got hurt, you know, because it was just, you know, I created this thing to destroy more things, and and that, and it, it would just that. Uh, Manic laughter that he kind of had at times as well as he's getting away.
2: I and mean, then Anakin is like, "I'll kill you," and he's like, "Go on then." And it's like, "Oh, <laughs> Anakin's like, I'm yeah. not used to this. I hold he's like Come on, let-, t- let me take the sweet embrace of death." And Anakin's like, "I don't know what to do now." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what
0: do you think, Dave? Yeah, I guess that I didn't feel like there was any peril really. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean. You know where Padme's story ends up, and I'm not invested into the clones, you know, or, or individual clones to be bothered. You know, you see them getting cut down all of, all over the place in the movies, and here. So when they're when they're just essentially cool-looking stormtroopers, yeah, there's there's no real stakes there. So I think. I was flagging a bit by the time I got to, to this part of the season. I I, I can't really... I, I feel like mentally I was, you know, coasting, you know, but on the clutch, just coasting to the finish line. Nothing really jumped out at me at all. It was just more of the same. the The virus thing could have potentially been quite interesting, but again... I like it where they can play between the spaces of things you know and it and it almost changes what you think you know, whereas with this you're like well, clearly the virus goes nowhere, you know there's no real impact to any of the major characters at all, so yeah it it certainly lost me around here.
2: That I would agree. I, I would say my issue with a lot of the episodes in this is it's like the malevolence arc and the blue shadow virus arc and a couple of others is like if if we don't stop this, the war's over or the end or that this whole planet's going to be destroyed. And you're like, well, that's not going to happen. So you, it's I think that when you have especially prequels to stuff, you can't have the scale being too big, especially not in Star Wars. Like my biggest trope with Star Wars and when they make the new uh, Ray trilogy and stuff. I'm just like, please don't have a galaxy-ending super weapon. I'm so fucking yeah. sick of them because they're not going to win. That's yeah, stop. This isn't the end but, of the Matrix. Even you
1: though that, you know. that's why Rebels was so good because you had a yes. group here that didn't have an arc. Yes, it was all new characters. Whereas, yep. like, like you say, they've got plot armor in this, so you know for well, Padme is going to be fine, and that you know that Jar Jar he's going to be all right. Yeah. Don't no matter what you think, Dave. He's going to be fine. And it it it's. Whereas again, the, the clever with the clone troopers because they they give you you know you get to learn some of the names and and that and then they take one away from you and really that shouldn't bother you because you just presently them another one. But it does because you've got to know the name, and you know it's like uh, in a sense of vile When we get, is it wax and boil? I've got Uh, notes on them, yes. Good memory. They they meet the little girl and that, and and it's like, just leave her. It's like, no, I can't. And again, it's that personality that you kind of see that they're all from the same crop, but they've all kind of grown up and get their own own way that they're going to be and that. So you, you, you can do more with the clones because they're expendable, to be fair, but they can expend them in a certain way to make it kind of hit you because they can't kill Anakin off. You know, even when Anakin will live there in the episode and he's, you know, they're trying to get the cure and make sure he's fine, you know he's not going to die. and that. So it doesn't feel that the stakes are there. Whereas all the other characters, you know, I know Kit Fisro dies in... Is it- pretty much everyone dies in Revenge of the. <laughs> Let's be yeah, honest. pretty well, much. Yeah, everyone. I would say Order Six Yeah, yeah. But it- K- yeah.
2: Kip fight- dies fighting Palps with uh,
1: Mason. Yes. But there's some Jedi's that um, you kind of think, well, I don't really know who they are. So mm-hmm. you know, um, is it Master Coon? Is it is that the one who was Master? Was it Master Coon who was in Plo the Koon. Plo Coon? Plo He was in the ship hunter. Yes. And they were trying to find him before he, he suffocated. Yes, yes. It's like, I don't know who he is. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, you could I mean if they'd have killed him there, I don't know who he is, so I don't really make a difference. But because that you do know him now, if they kill him further down the line, that's gonna hit you a bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas they can't do that with Anakin, they can't do that with Wan.
2: No, exactly. It's it's one of those. I mean, I have I, I remembered almost all of these Jedi and things like that, so um, I won't, I won't spoil for any of these characters of um, who may or may not pass away. Um, but I'd say uh, we'll delve into the Ryloth arc then, and then that finale, and then we'll kind of uh, start to wrap up. But I will say, the only notable thing really about the the Anakin being wounded episode, um, like I like throughout the season that Ahsoka is quite foolhardy at times, and she learns a little bit to rein it back. But George Takai was one of the Nemoidian... He was the very uh, chunky Neimoidian, um who invaded the planet with those peacekeeping little uh, rac- not uh, Lima people. Um, and he, I think, I'm trying to remember what they were called. Um, but he basically, yeah, it was George Takai, which is a fun little thing. There's, there's little cameos. You get like little characters, uh, little mm-hmm. voice actors, just these really minor roles. Um, but we'll delve into the Ryloth arc. Now, this arc has quite large ramifications through Star Wars. I actually skipped this arc with Megan um, because I, at the time, didn't realise how major it was. But there's a couple of things that were mentioned and I'll throw it to yourselves. So it's the it's the Twilight Homeworld um, and you've got Boyle and Waxer. And Boyle and Waxer appear in a later arc. I'll say one word to Dave, and I hope he understands, the Umbaran arc is where they appear again. There's, there's one very clone-centric arc on a world mm. that is very dimly lit um, mm-hmm. that they play major roles in. But they're part of the 212th Battalion, which is um, part of uh, Obi-Wan's battalion. And they're also in a comic that I tackled on Comics and Canon, one of the last ones of 2023, which was the uh, Clone Wars Battle Tales comics. And so I saw them in there. I was like, I recognise the name Mac- Waxham Boyle. Why is that? And there's this episode and certain things later on. But the a big thing is that you mentioned, Math, the child that gets rescued. Now, that child is called Numa. She's in Rebels. She is one of the the two Twi'leks that's with Cham Sindula when Hera goes and sees her dad, and he's like, you need to come and help me fight on Ryloth. There's a, a blue skin Twi'lek woman called Numa with him. That's her. Yeah. And another character. And I remembered somewhere that there was a connection there but obviously champs and doula here is Hira's dad and yeah. this was before hero was ever created this the, he was so it's interesting because there's like things like Hondo hondo was probably just a villain of the week and they were like let's let see what where he goes and he becomes quite a major player so I like seeing these threads although it, one could argue it kind of spoils it because certain characters are being rebels i quite like that um so i'll go to you first um dave with the ryloth stuff so is there anything of not i know you said you were lagging towards the end but this is like the the big finish of the season before the, the one-off random episode at the end did this break through the cloud for you or were you still a bit lukewarm on this
0: not really uh although i do have a very problematic kind of feeling about mace window I I can't decide if I hate him or love him. I mean, it's Sam (laughs) Sam Jackson, so I kind of love him. But Mace Windu is a bit of a dick. Megan (laughs) hates Mace Windu. Yeah, but the fact that he turns up. I, I just find him so... I mean... it again, with where we know the story ends up and you think it's like anything, you know, you watch it and you're like, Oh, this time, you know, Anakin's not going to turn, you know, he's going to turn back to the Jedi. And, uh, and you think, well, people like Mace Windu, his dogmatic approach, you know, is what turned him to the dark side. And so, yeah, just, but I kind of, yeah, because I, I, He's so badass. I do like the character. He's so cool, yeah. though. He, he, You're watching he's... him
2: f- pick up clothes with one hand and flip him over stuff and jump over things. Like, he's the coolest Jedi in yeah. this generation. Guess, he's a dick.
0: I guess you would say he's probably just a badass soldier who shouldn't be near politics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably how you wrap him up. So, yeah, he is badass. So, yeah, the overriding feeling is that you know i, I kind of like it when he shows up it's just that like I say when you look back and you think well yeah you contributed massively to anakin turn into the dark side so kind of fucked up for the galaxy there mace <laughs> agreed but i love anytime he shows up in the show because we really mace wind is the
2: arguably one of the greatest duelists ever in star wars he beats palpatine You know, some people argue Palpatine planned that. I personally don't think he did. Um, But he beats Palpatine. He kills Jango Fett. Anyone Mace Windu goes against, he beats. So it's just like, it's one of those, he's so cool. But yeah, Megan hates Mace Windu. Loves the way that he's portrayed, you know. But she says, he's the reason. She says, after Palpatine, he's the reason Anakin turns. And Megan fully blames him for that. (laughs) And every time they interact, she's like... Mace Windu's such a dick. (laughs) What do you think of Mace Windu, um, math and any comments about the Ryloth
1: arcs? Again, it was nice to see a different Jedi and that, obviously, with his purple lightsaber. But, again, you get to see him being a bit of a badass. You know, we saw Yoda at the start, we see Mace, kind of at the end. Um, What what I do, I mean, I, I don't know what episode it was, but there was one the episodes where Count Dooku flies off of his ship. Now, playing the Star Wars games, there's one of the games, uh, Force Awakens, I think it is, or it might have been in 2, where uh, Starkiller pulls the ship down with the force Yeah, the, uh, I
2: almost got that tattooed the, on me. Yeah, yeah, Force Unleashed, yeah.
1: Obviously, every Jedi has certain limits in power, but... Would, what, why didn't like Anakin? Why isn't he able to kind of hold one of the ships down? And then you see Mace Windu kind of you know pick things up and push you know the tanks out of the way and stuff like that. You think yeah. the the power levels of them all just seems to kind of fluctuate all the time between you know maybe who's writing the story at the time. The writer. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, that's the argument always in, in in comics when it's like, you know, can Superman be such and such? And it's like, well, it depends who's writing it. And that. But, again, I, I do like the fact we get to see, you know, another Jedi being quite badass. And that... Um... The issue I had kind of going into the last episode... Um I because no, that's not part of the Rylop. This is the weird thing. So the
2: last episode is called Hostage Crisis. And that's where Cad Bane rescues yes. Zero the Hut. Which we
1: can talk about that. alright yeah, why. yeah, because that's not part of the Rylock No, no. Um who's the That Strange Green alien? Um that they kept get at the end in the Rylop episode.
2: Oh, right, sorry. Um sorry. the yeah, uh, what's Tambor? What, right, because
1: it's like he he was his own downfall there, wasn't he, at the end of it all? Because yeah. he he was, again, trying to, you know, he got told to leave. His droid told him to leave. His droid says, the ship's here, we need to leave. And he just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And that just tried to make it kind of a name for himself, mm-hmm. uh, thinking he could be the one that kind of took t- the Jedi's down and that. Um but yeah, it, I, I did like it. I did like, we saw Sindula and that kind of, maybe this is a bit where it gave the spark for that re- rebellion to kind of kick in and that, you know, we see him further down the line in, in Rebels where he's he's leading the rebellions mm-hmm. and that. So it, you can see, because I've seen other things, I can see the threads now kind of coming into play Um. And that But, yeah, I, again, like I said, it was just nice to see other Jedis not just getting Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of doing all the heavy lifting. You're seeing lots of different things. Again, you're meeting different clones, which is starting to go right. So there's a 51st Battalion. There's a
2: 212. Yeah, 212 is Obi-Wan's 501st, 501st is 501st, Anakin's yeah. because that was the name of Vader's battalion in... Not technically the original trilogy, but in the Star Wars Battlefront games back on the PS2, there's like a a campaign-ish mode um, where you play as a clone for Anakin, Mm -hmm. and then Order sixty-six happens, and then you play as a stormtrooper for Vader, and it's the five hundred first, and the five hundred first Legion is the world's biggest Star Wars fan club. They're the ones who provided the stormtrooper outfits um, for Mandalorian season one because and certain clone trooper ones as well for certain parts because there were no physical clone trooper outfits ever made so the 501st Legion they
1: do lots of stuff for charity and stuff as well but yeah Right. but yeah it, again it, it's starting to kind of fill in a lot of them blanks that I didn't know and that you know I know I'm reading the comics so I'm starting to fill in other blanks as well and that but without seeing this there's a lot of stuff that I didn't I thought I knew about cells, and realised that I didn't Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and I'll say the later
1: seasons, I'd say a,
2: a loose idea is later seasons, about half of the episodes each season, loosely, are normally Obi-Wan, Anakin, and or Ahsoka-centric, usually, about half of them, maybe, maybe two-thirds. Which but is the, fine. It, yeah, it, but the rest are about either clones yeah. or other Jedi or other, Padme has quite a few random little episodes as well, actually, which vary in quality quite a lot um but i will say um we'll get on to the final episode and then we will start to uh wrap up um but i will say with with what tambor he's in attack of the clones and then he's in revenge of the sith he's head of the techno union and he's kind of responsible for a lot of the droids being made because the separatist alliance is compar- comprised of like four or five big people one's the banking clan guy immune one's dooku one's what tambor one's nuke gunray of the trade federation and it's like. So Newt Gumray has got the skinny long nose battle droids, the B1s, but all the better battle droids are essentially made by the Techno Union,
1: which is what what Tambo is the leader of, and he's a Skakoan species. You know you've mentioned the bank a couple of times. Yes. Is that the bank where in Andor they go hit?
2: No, no. No. The banking clan are a species are a group of people who are the Mune species, uh, who are these kind of humanoids but they're tall the only way i'd be able to show you uh without physically showing you a picture is in attack of the clones when dooku sat at a table um and with all the separatists when obi-on spying on him one of the characters goes the banking clan will sign your treaty and that's it's the only live action Mune that has anything to say in all of star wars <laughs> uh, yeah so the the last episode and then we'll wrap up. I'll also say in the Ryloth arc, there's the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones. You see that being loaded onto Wat Tambor's ship. I always look out for it, but I always miss it. <laughs> but fun little Indiana Jones references that, and there are many of them. So final arc and final thoughts. So sorry, final episode and final thoughts. Hostage Crisis, you've got Cad Bane, who you know, people would know from Book of Boba Fett, but also he's quite a major antagonist in a lot of arcs of the Clone Wars. Uh, and also with Aura Singh. Or a scene you get to see in Phantom Menace during the pod race, overlooking at one point, which is a fun little bit of trivia. Um, and in this episode, one thing I want to note was Anakin is being very possessive and very manipulative to Padme when he gives you the lightsaber. And he's like, Oh, she's, I'm doing this thing. It's important. It's like more important than our love. And you're like, That what? She's not choosing that over your love. She's just doing something more important than your petty little needs. You fucking dick, Dave. What did you think about Hostage Crisis and that final episode? Any other kind of final thoughts before we sort of wrap up?
0: Yeah, I felt like it was a bit of a weird one to finish with. But, um, you know, it's interesting that you, you picked up on something there. I do think that Anakin's behaviour was just problematic. You know, it, it, it's quite petulant and almost, I would say, more like the live-action Anakin, you know, where... Uh, Like I say, Padme's got a job, she's got a career kind of thing, if you like, and he's just been an absolute knob. But then, again, it's like, well, how does no one know that you guys are together? Because you've suddenly got his lightsaber. (laughs) Well, Bale's the only one who knows, it seems. Yeah. And who
2: does Bale adopt? Leia. Yeah. Yeah,
0: He's one of the only people who kind of kind of knows about that stuff a little bit yeah and he he seems to turn up a lot doesn't he because because yes. for someone who's kind of in the prequels he's kind of there you know I, I i couldn't help but think about residuals and you know uh how much money did he actually get for the few little cameos that he had in the prequels but he's quite an important character isn't he mm-hmm. and then uh you've got the the hut you know who got uh, he got an appearance didn't he in the Clone Wars movie um, so he pops up again I I think Bane I I can't work out if I like him or not I think I could do without the Clint Eastwood sort of look but there's something kind of cool about him and what I like is you've got these you know you've got the Republic and you've got the, the separatists and you've got the emperor, you know, doing the manipulation in the middle, but you've got all these wild cards as well. You've got these people who are not invested in that at all and just making their way in the galaxy. So I did appreciate it for that, to be fair, that is just, again, it broadens the scope a little bit, you know, it makes it when you have these little side, uh, objectives or agendas, if you like. That that's what makes it feel more more realistic to me. That not it's not just everything, like that it's about the the rebels, uh, not the rebels. Sorry, the Republic versus the separatists and stuff. It, it, I, again, I know I must have gone on about this maybe twenty times, but the redone ending to uh, Return the Jedi. When you watch like this and and you realize how complicated and realistic it is, you know, you imagine if this galaxy did exist, well, not everyone is for the Separatists, not everyone is for the Republic, and people uh, have it for idealistic needs and other people have it for just purely selfish needs as well. So why at the Return of the Jedi, when the Death Star blows up, is the whole galaxy fucking celebrating? bullshit
2: (laughs) yeah and and or evidence is that as well and uh, loads of the more content of stars you watch the actually the more that ending makes less and less sense i think when we first interacted you said about the ending and i was like i don't really see that i'm not really fussed but then every time you mention it i'm like yeah i I think a couple years ago i was like i was like you know what i have to concede i have to i have to accept that yes that is it's not the worst part of the special editions the worst part is the vader though. yeah but
0: you know that's my, that's my trigger <laughs> it point. it is but but the, the fact is the original was okay yeah you know it was just about you know a bit of yub nub dancing and you know it was a <laughs> it was a big sort of party a localized party on endor they've just won a battle you know they've decapitated all the the stormtroopers and playing drums with their heads. It's heartwarming stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mav, what do you think of the final episode of
2: this
1: series? I I mean, to be fair first, I kinda of, I was flagging a bit last hour when I watched this, and I'm thinking, what's going on? Um, <laughs> yeah. And the timeline is fucked as well. Yeah. And
2: I'll exp- after after you've heard from you, I'll explain the timeline a little uh, bit.
1: I'm thinking, right, okay, so He's trying to get zero. Okay, who's hiding? And it turns out Zero's hiding to kind of get him out. So obviously he's either uses you know his ways to kind of get something out there to to like campaign. To but it, I don't know it, it, what you said Dave about Anakin. He did kind of have that kind of creepy, you know. Well, I I. I'm more important than anything else. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, I, like you say, I've got a job. I've got I've got other
0: responsibilities to do. You it's know? not like coercive control. It, it's yeah. it's real problematic It behavior. comes out worse later on in the seasons. Mm. He has is a she... very
2: possessive love over Padme, and that's his folly, is he doesn't love her for her. He loves her for him. He yeah. loves her for how she makes him feel, not the other way around, and that's well, what kind of... It, it
1: is good though because w- the, the certain bits when when they've got Anakin there and he goes to talk and the movie's head down a little bit and it just it all looks dark. So you see that kind of dark side too. So this is a bit like, for all you see, like Mace Windu kind of turned him, Padman kind of turned him as well because she wanted to be with him, but at the same point she wanted control as well, and he didn't want that. He wanted it all for him.
2: Let's see if you still so, think that later on. Let's see. Let's see what you think about the dynamic and Mace Windu's interactions with uh, right. Anakin, because there's one interrogation scene that
1: Mace Windu's involved with,
2: and it's dicey. Very,
1: very
3: mm. dicey.
1: <laughs> um, the, the robot that's in Cad Bane's, is that one of the assassin droids? Yeah, no, it's not. He's from Is he from Mandel Mando Mandalorian?
0: It, the, the, he appeared earlier on, didn't he? The the all. Assassin droid. So IG
2: is an IG droid. They're they're nicknamed assassin droids. IG-88 is obviously the one that everyone knows from Empire Strikes Back. Mandalorian is IG-11. So they are the same models, but neither of those are IG-88 because IG-88 does appear later on, um, which is a minor spoiler. But they all – they're called assassin droids. I mean, there was even, as uh, Dave pointed out, there was the episode with – when they're trying to find R2-D2 and they go to that guy's junk Mm. ship – and yep. then uh, they yes. accidentally activate, or Goldie, the baddie droid, activates the, the assassin droids.
1: That's what they are. Well, in this, we have that bit where, oh, take my lightsaber. Right. Um, and then he's left without it, and they obviously, they trigger on the fact that, I think, did he take down one of the droids, Anakin, and there was no lightsaber? Yes. Um, and she's like, well, he doesn't have his weapon. Like camping, kind of stuff. Goldfinger's down Like, okay, we might be like a Jedi down here. Uh, but then, you know, it's it's your typical villain kind of thing. Of you know, you know when you've defeated the hero, and then you know it's like Goldfinger goes, "Oh, Mister Bond, I'm going to tell you all my plans. No, just kill him, kill him now, whilst his defenses. Anakin, he's tied up, he's knocked out on the floor." Kill him now, problem solved. No, we'll just leave him. And then obviously, Anakin wakes up just in time to cut a big hole in the floor and save everybody. It, it, again, it's got to be written that way because otherwise, it's going to completely mess the timeline up and that. But yeah, I, I just felt that this episode kind of, considering it was the last one, and I suppose technically you are on a cliffhanger because Zero got away. But it, it just didn't feel like it it didn't mean anything really. And I don't think that was a way to finish off season one of this this cartoon. I think we should have started of, it.
2: I think this episode should have been the first yeah. episode to
1: continue right off the the, yeah, the movie. It, it would have made far more sense. Liberty of violence as the final episode. And Which it seems like a finale. Like, yeah. Cause I, when I were looking at it on the IMDB and I'm thinking, oh right, yeah, the, my, that hostage episode. I'm trying to think how that fitted in. It doesn't. I love and I thought, no, it no, uh, no. That, that's an issue, but it's a bit like if you watch Firefly. It's it's messed up. If you watch it in the way they, they release it originally, the order is a complete mess. Mm-hmm. If you watch the DVDs now, they've put in the correct order and then watch the film. Um, but this is the same. That just it's just so. I know you're going to mention something in a bit, but it's just so messed up. You know why not? Kind of get it in the right order, and that you know, I have some structure to it. Two words for you: why George Lucas? (laughs) He is the
2: reason. I mean, Filoni gets full control. Rebels. Hey. All the episodes in chronological order make complete coherent sense. I wonder why, because George Lucas's at the time of this, I think ex-wife wasn't there to edit all of all, everything he was doing, which is obviously what she did in the <laughs> the, uh, the the original cut. Um, oh, I will oh. say, um, because we are we've been chatting for a while, it's starting to get late. Um, I want to mention uh, with the timeline thing because people have people who haven't watched Clone Wars. Sometimes they try too hard. And they go, you know what? I'm going to watch in chronological order. And I say to people. Don't fucking bother. I've never done it. It is such... And when you think... There's other series that have come out since that some of them are chronologically before Clone Wars, which makes it even more complicated, the Tales of the Jedi stuff. But in this... So, very briefly. Season 2, episode 16. That's the first chronological thing of the Clone Wars. Then season 1, episode 16. Okay, which was in this one, which was the, the Hidden Enemy episode, which was a flashback episode to before the Clone Wars movie. Then you've got a couple episodes of Season 3, couple episodes of Season 1, and then Season 2, Season 2, Season 2, Season 2. Load some Season 3, which is Episodes 5 to 7, then Season 3, Episode 2, then 4, then 8, then the Season 1 finale that we just watched, then Season 3, Episodes 9 to 11, then Season 2, Episode 15, randomly, then the rest of Season 3. That's me just... That's an abridged version. Then after it, it's just all of Season 4, all of Season 5 bar one episodes. Sl- flashbacky flashbacky one, and then the rest is chronological. And I'm like, who the hell thought of this? It makes no sense. So Hostage Crisis, the one we watched, the final episode, is after all of season two, bar one episode, and the first eight episodes of series three. Why? And this is a shame at seven-year-olds, to clarify, once again, that it's meant yeah, for children. How do you...
1: How do you figure that out? Their attention acts a bit different. We can sit there and go, "This is messed up." And again, you answered your, your question with George Lucas earlier. So he, he's probably just throwing a lot of things at the whiteboard and then they're going, "Yep, yeah, that'll do." Yeah, it's, it's for a mess. kid. For a kid, wise, they're they're just it's just action on the screen, you know, and that's what they're happy with. They're not. So much kind of thinking, well, episode one didn't follow into episode... I should have watched episode six and When you see three. season
2: two, it'll be different. Because the problem is, all of season two is set before the episode we just watched. And there's it never mentions it.
1: Right. Yeah. But again, <laughs> Apart from I, one
2: episode. It's <laughs> set before all of it.
1: <laughs> but I, I'm also... I'm sat here and watching it. I'm kind of writing things down, reviewing it. it it's one of those weird things you know, before and before watching these Star Wars things and before, you know, going on other podcasts and you used to watch films, you used to just sit and watch it in that way. Whereas now I do sit there sometimes thinking, well, that's wrong. That's, wrong. you know, me and Jack's on Back to the Filmography, we were doing, we, we kind of redid the script and that. And then I can say, "Well, no, I couldn't write a better one. And it says, well, you just did. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's because now we've got, I've got different lenses on watching these things, yeah. so I, I I notice it. Whereas before, you know, and if I was to watch Clone Wars, you know, ten years ago, I may not have noticed that. Whereas now, it's like this: something's not quite right. Most of the time, it doesn't make a
2: difference. All that I was just kind of making a point there. Most of it is quite obvious. But there is one or two parts of season two, and I remember watching it the first time, and I was like, I, where is this? And I had to look it up. Um, which is, just, when it doesn't mention it, I just said to Megan, and the solution would be, at the start of each episode, when you've got the da-da-da going on, all they need to say is, <laughs> six months since the Battle of Christophosis, because that's where the Clone Wars movie happened. If they just said, or shortly after the Battle of Christophosis, or before, if they just said before or after the, sh- the Battle of Christophosis, it would just be like, okay, is before or after the movie. Um, but that's me getting uh, aggravated by things. I think that's pretty much everything. So I'll give the baton back to yourselves for final thoughts, and then we will genuinely
0: wrap this up. Dave, is there anything else you wanted to add? I guess just to comment uh, on the discussion there, it, it is odd, you know, when you when you look back and you you think about it, because even when you So before streaming and all that, where they could have a bit more kind of creative control, you could have spacier seasons, you know, not everything had to be a standalone episode. So um, when it was all sort of primetime TV, you'd always have, you know, a standalone episode, but there would be an arc to the season. And it just feels odd. I, I guess you know when they wrote it, the the first four episodes would have been the movie, wouldn't they? Mm. So, and and those kind of did flow, apart from the whole jab of the hook bit. And and I'm still puzzled by how it finishes. Like you say, like we've just discussed there, it just seems odd. And it's just like, uh, yeah, we don't really know what to do with this one. So. We'll just put this episode right at the end there. So I I mean I'm I don't need it to be in chronological order either, mm-hmm. but I need it to tell a story. So, you know, watching something like Pulp Fiction, complete nonlinear storytelling, but it kind of flows and it has an arc. And so yeah, that that's what's definitely missing. But I'll go back to, you know, what I said at the start, really. I I think the the season is fine i don't think i could go back you know on on your recommendation and just cherry pick a few episodes i mean they are only bite-sized sort of episodes aren't they so Mm -hmm. you know if i go back and watch it again and i will at at some point but i'll kind of have it on you know on the laptop while i'm Doing some chores or something like that. And I, I only, need, I need to be that completionist really and, and go from episode one and go all the way through. And even though some of them are, are just, they, they don't carry any weight really. They don't have any consequence, but, um, yeah, it, it, it was a solid start, I think. And again, I, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I, I, have to say about the sound again you know the the animation is a bit ropey some of the stories a bit watery and and weak but you know the sound is is awesome and uh again the more you think about it you know those kind of it's it's obviously like a children's cartoon or animation and uh but you got these really deep sort of uh political themes in there as well
2: mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh, and i'd say if you i wouldn't recommend you do this math uh, but if you go on imdb and you just scroll down all the episodes of seasons one two three four and you just look at the average ratings every season it jumps up by about 0.3 to 0.4 on average so in season one i don't think any of the episodes are rated over an eight apart from layer of grievous and one other one whereas in season two there's Four, I think then season three there's five You know, and it gets better and better it definitely does and I will say just one more final point on this timeline thing because it does drive me mad the first three episodes in season two is an arc featuring Cad Bane as the antagonist but it's set before the finale of season one could could you make it more confusing than that could, I don't think you could if you actually
1: tried to so, so, th- so that's good to know so when I start watching season two and they go, oh right, okay, what? Because yeah. that that, that I suppose when this got released, there was I don't know six months maybe how long before the season two came out.
2: Um, it's it's hard because it it they do re- they, when when episodes are being released, they're still making them, so it is a yeah. bit of a. A weird one, but I will say it was a loose plan, I think, because Cad Bane and Anakin know each other in this episode. He goes, oh, Cad Bane, he's like, oh, not Skywalker again. There's some sort of comment. And Megan, when she was watching, she was like, have they met each other before? And I was like, yeah, next season, you know this arc. Well, that's set before.
1: According to IMDb, there's seven months between end of season one and start of season two. But the, So I suppose if you were to watch it and then go into season two, you'd be like thinking, did this out was it in the kind of the whereas I'm gonna go from watching it yesterday to probably watching see. I'm gonna, unfortunately, at Christmas I got Spider Man 2, so that completely screwed my plans of trying to try trying to watch Star Wars. Of my because it's like oh, I, I want to watch Star Wars, but I want to play a computer. Um. So it was a bit of a mad rush this last week. I, I, I think I went through about 10, 12 episodes in the last couple of days. Wow. Um, but it, it is going to be that thing of, he was in the last episode. I'm now going to season two, but it's from a different time. So it, it's... The finale is like a... Basically, the last episode we watched,
2: The Hostage Crisis, don't even think about that to like season three for some mm. weird uh bizarre reason um but i would say with clone wars conversations what well, i will plan uh, after this recording which i'll wrap up in a sec we will um very very briefly before we hang up the call figure out what we're doing for the next episode whether we want to do all of season two again or split it in half i know season three onwards i think we are splitting in half but we can figure that out but i will say for me and megan on this we just found basically watch one episode basically an episode a day just when you've got like oh i've got an hour of free time almost be like okay
1: watch clone wars first
2: than the rest of your time, in in
1: essence. Yeah, I have a habit, though. I think right, I'll just, just quickly watch one. And that um I watched one at, one at Days. I was waiting to pick up George. anyway and I like, after I thought, right, I've got time to watch one of these and set off. And I kind of got to end it thinking, I want to watch another, but I can't. I've got to go pick the kid up. And, <laughs> and as the seasons go
2: on, there's a lot more, a lot of the seasons are a lot more uh, arc-heavy. So a lot of them are much more... Of the season, rather than half being arcs and half being like one-off episode, it's like two-thirds to three-quarters of arcs. So it's just like every three episodes is basically a story in itself, uh, which I generally I do prefer. But we made it to the end, season one of the Clone Wars, the worst season of them all. I still think it's it's pretty good, but it's still substantially worse than probably all the films, while maybe Phantom Menace. Hard to tell, but it's got some cool bits. It's got some weaker bits. It's not terrible, but it's all right. But there's going to be a lot more meat to talk about in future seasons. Um, so we will be, as I mentioned earlier, we will definitely be splitting some of the later ones. We'll see about season two uh, because there's so much more to talk about in depth. I just kind of want to skate through this season a little bit, but I'm very excited to delve into season two personally. So Dave, um, we haven't mentioned Rex either or Sarge Ventress, but I'll save them for season two so we can kind of compare them loosely and things. Anything else we'd forget to mention, but Dave, uh Plug how how tell people where they can find you all the stuff that you're up to and if there's any final comments that you didn't get to mention about this go ahead the floor is yours good sir
0: when is this coming out uh
2: sunday so in a few days. It
0: is coming out this Sunday. So, uh I'll talk about reality TV first. So Chris is busy trying to kill me with uh reality TV. So we are doing uh we are covering Traitors season 2 uh at the moment. So that's only 12 episodes, so 3 episodes a week runs for 4 weeks. That is great. Towards the end of January we'll be covering uh Married at First Sight Australia. And then uh, Chris has sort of forced me into doing Love Island All-Stars, uh, which just started this week. <laughs> we've had a few choice words about that. But um, we we do have loads of other stuff that we want to do as well. Uh, we've Obviously, you can get me on the VHS Strikes Back. I, I'm just uh, feverishly trying to see what I could plug that's coming up. You could plug what you've already released. So we've just as we record, we've released Skin Deep. Uh, next week we've got Hairspray coming out. So yeah, oh, very be, cool. Because uh, I haven't listened to Skin Deep yet. I've got I'm still listening to the Die Hard one at the moment. All uh, right, that, that that was good. Uh, I had a miss. I, I had a wrong memory of that. That it was quite bad, but actually it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, and we're talking about new projects as well. So we're talking about okay, what do we do in terms of comics, TV, and movies. And the thing that is probably bubbling up to the top, we really want to do extras. So obviously, Math, you mentioned about, uh, Patrick Stewart and, or I think maybe I'd mentioned it. And then you mentioned, you know, he grew up around the corner from you and stuff. And so I think as part of our back to the office pod that's been dormant and sat there for a while, uh, we might throw out on that stream as well, just the, uh, extras. I love Season Extras. One and two. I like it's awesome isn't it? I really think good. Extras
2: is Ricky Gervais's best work. Um I I like The Office UK and it changed the face of comedy. Don't get me wrong yeah. what it did for comedy, can't beat it. But I I enjoy Extras so much more. Megan's never seen it and she doesn't like Ricky Gervais. Oh, really? I'm like, you have to see the Daniel Radcliffe episode and the Orlando Blue one and the Patrick Stewart one and the McCallum one. We'll watch them all. Why not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very excited if you do that. It's just, if you watch the outtakes as well because you've got Patrick Stewart and I mean, it's such... I mean, he just has such gravitas. The word gravitas was invented for Patrick Stewart, and <laughs> and but when he's playing this lechy old man, you know, it's just brilliant. It's just, I've got this idea, and uh, I I see this woman, and I I really want to see her naked, and all of her clothes fall off. <laughs> Is that <laughs> the whole? I've seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, but that's yeah, that's nice. me. Amazing.
2: Uh, and where can people find you online?
0: So, uh, Seattle Dojo's on X or Twitter. Um, don't really post that much anymore. Um, yeah, so more of a lurker. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Math. Maths,
2: as in Married at First Sight. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's quite amusing <laughs> that. Listening to Reality Cast and the animation, it's like, so Dave and Chris are watching me. I'm yeah. Like, weird. Little do uh-huh. you know. Yeah.
0: And then all my clothes fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said everything.
1: Yeah. It, look, it's cold at the moment. I like. You know. <laughs> but uh I think it would have been the other week, uh I was on back to the filmography Jack Was that Hummingbird? Hummingbird, yes. Or redemption or Crazy Joey or it was another one. Um, it's got lots lots of different names, but yeah. Um, and then this, and then uh, again, in, in a month's time, I'm due to be on with Spider-Dan, but I think that's March, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember. We haven't shown anything out for that yet.
2: No worries. Fantastic. And
1: online, people can find you at? Uh, Math78 on X, Twitter, whatever you want to kind of call it. Amazing but, stuff.
0: Uh, again, I don't I don't really post anything uh tweet every, no, I tweet every once in a while. Sorry, I, I I should mention as well. So we do have probably uh February first, I think, coming out with Tony and Max. We've got the mandatory mandatory music and C D coming out, and we'll be covering the album by Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast from nineteen eighty two.
2: Right now I'm literally listening to Mandatory, mar- uh, mandatory Music and CD and I'm listening to your episode on... Um, Alice in Chains Dirt? No, I've got that on the queue. Uh, I haven't been listening as they've been coming out. Um, so I'm trying to listen to a few more that I haven't really caught on to. At, at the moment, I'm listening to the Sum 41 one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm right, right at the end. I've literally got three minutes left. You guys are <laughs> giving your plugs. I'm literally... <laughs> I did a Megan caught home and I just didn't quite finish it. Um, so I, I'm really enjoying that one. Um, so, and we
0: will have a special guest on our next album review as well.
2: Mm, It's going to be fun stuff, I'm sure. Um, But for me, you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, X, X, tiktok which i don't post on very often and facebook um you can go to youtube.com slash genuine chits chat and you can find all these episodes um with video format and stuff everything's in a nice little playlist including some of my conversations with star wars authors and dominic pace who's in the mandalorian and lots of star warsly conversations that are lots of fun make sure you check out rebels reviewed where myself math and dave tackled all four seasons of Star Wars rebels and also did a little bonus episode at the end to the lead up to ahsoka you can check out all the ahsoka centric episodes we did which was weekly watch alongs um which i did with um, dave and math both respectfully joined me on those so basically all star wars content um i've essentially tackled even me and dave did a tales of the jedi episode years ago and i feel like we'll probably do a redo of that once we're through all the other <laughs> stuff with math just to get his views on it because it's a it's a lot of fun there um but yes uh make sure you tune in make sure you subscribe to the feeds of comics and motion and or star Wars comics and canon and or genuine chit chat because they're going to be on all these feeds and you can watch the video version on YouTube but we're right at the very end so uh, if you haven't already you can go watch it again have a lot of fun but I'm releasing on all those feeds because I'm trying to reduce my podcasting output a smidge so I have more time to do guest spots and read non-Star Wars comics <laughs> I like, try to read stuff that isn't Star Wars because I don't have to and it's it's quite refreshing and I'm gonna get married this year and stuff so lots of things but if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash chat and you get loads of bonus content over there little as one pound a month and you get at least an episode every single week and Math likes freaking Megan out by remembering specific details from those episodes and recounting them to her and she's like when did I say that and it's like oh what episode you recorded afterthoughts like three months ago that you forgot about and you made this one random comment that math remembers Um, so all good fun there and we'll be back in a month's time with the next episode of Clone Wars Conversations so thank you both for joining me thank you for everyone who's listening and tell us what you thought of Clone Wars Season 1 and if you're re-watching if you're watching along I know a few people are we appreciate all of you and of course may the force be with
0: you. And with you.
2: You don't leave it as long as the longest gap possible. <laughs> make it
0: make a wait for it.
2: <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, whether you're listening on the feeds of Comics in Motion, Styles Comics in Canon, or Genuine Chits Chat, or you're watching the video version over at youtube.com slash genuine chits chat. Thank you so much. So if you haven't tuned in before, make sure you go back and listen to the prior episodes that all kind of fed into this. There's Star Wars Rebels Reviewed, where myself, Maff, and Dave talk about the four seasons of Star Wars Rebels, and then do a bonus fifth episode. It's like a wrap-up as we go into Ahsoka, and also Megan joins us for the episode two. And then we also rewatched The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and The Clone Wars movies. We watched those in the second half of 2023, but if you're on the feed of genuine chat, then those are episodes 212, 214, and 217. But no matter where you are listening you can find links to them in the description Please make sure you review and share and do all that amazing stuff, and also support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash genuinechitchat, and you get a ton of bonus content. You get at least one extra episode every single week that you can't listen to anywhere else. There's some Star Wars Legends book reviews, but a lot of them are myself and Megan reviewing a wide variety of things. Movies, TV series, live performances we've seen, road trips or holidays we've been on. Loads of things. So if you want to support the show for as little as £1 a month and get full access to over 200 bonus episodes, with at least one episode coming out every single week. Please go over to Patreon.com/slash/GenuineChitChat. Means the absolute world to me. But if you can't do that, please try and share the show and leave reviews for Comics in Motion, styles, Comics in Canon, or Genuine Chit Chat wherever you are listening. But what else have we got coming out? Well, if you're on the feed of Comics in Motion, make sure you check out the amazing other shows that are coming out, including Tony Freena's Indie comic Spotlight that comes out relatively every week, as well as his ADHD cast. There's also classic comics, there's mandatory music and CD. There's loads of shows that pop up every few weeks or every few months and things. So make sure you subscribe to that. We're also nearing episode 1000 of Comics in Motion and we've got a very, very special episode recorded for that very occasion. And we are so excited to release that to all of you. So it's only going to be out in the next month 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 or two. It should be out by the end of March 2024, but we shall see. It's going to depend on what other episodes come out, so we can make sure it does release as the thousandth episode. In addition to that, my show Star Wars Comics in Canon, you can find all of those episodes on the playlists on YouTube or on the feeds of Star Wars Comics in Canon or Comics in Motion. There I tackle a wide variety of comics, all canon Star Wars comics, so basically every Marvel canon Star Wars comic from 2014 all the way through to 2022, and then a bunch from 2023, and I will be delving into them to try and wrap up some of the storylines I haven't quite finished on there and things, but in the meantime, because this year is very busy for me, as I think I've mentioned in a few podcasts recently, that myself and Megan are getting married this year. We're going off to America for a month long road trip and there's loads of other things going on in the background so I just don't have the time to be able to do genuine chit chat weekly as well as Clone Wars conversations monthly as well as my Patreon as well as guest spots as well as loads of other things that I'm also doing on top of Star Wars Comics and Canon but I am going to be releasing a book review every month and I've got a book review recorded for the Phasma book by Delilah S. Dawson. Really interesting and you can listen to it because it's going to be spoiler free at the start and then I give a spoiler warning and then give my full spoilery thoughts and I also give some additional context and information on a lot of. Of the events of the book and how phasma hux and a load of other characters all intertwine with other elements of the sequel trilogy so make sure you subscribe to comics and motion styles comics in canon and youtube.com slash genuine chat and you will not miss that episode and then following that i'm going to do a book review on eye of darkness which is the new high republic book and then following that we'll see where we go because i've got a few other things to read as well but please follow me on social media at genuine chat please share and like and review all of those great things and uh, just continue to be awesome i've got loads of great things planned for this coming year, some Star wars stuff, some non-Star wars stuff, but I just appreciate everyone supporting me, as well as Math, Dave, and Megan, in all the amazing pursuits, as well as anyone who's listening on the feed of Comics in Motion. I hugely appreciate you. That's gonna be enough from me. Thank you so much, as always, my friends. I should be talking to you in the next week or so for the release of Phasma, and then at some point in February, we will release Clone Wars Conversations, the second episode which we'll be tackling the first half of season 2. So that's going to be episodes 1 all the way up to episode 11. I believe episode 11 is Lightsaber Lost. So that's where we're going to be pausing it, doing the review on those 11 so we can really dive into some of those episodes in more detail and then we'll continue with part 2 of season 2 in March. But friends, thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon and of course, may the force be with you.
1: You've just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat. And also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.